0: Black Hawks Live. It's a breaking in front of the He Score.
1: That's hockey,
0: baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain Go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live. Now, here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Okay, guys, show us what
2: you got.
1: Well, what we've got is, instead of a a list of things that have gone right for the Hawks over the past week, uh, things that do need to change. This team is off to an 0-5-1 start. And if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. But if you haven't, the Blackhawks actually set an NHL record yesterday, uh, now elapsing 360 minutes and 57 seconds without a lead. That is an NHL record. So all that's left to do is get back to practice, Work on some of the things that they brought up after the game last night and try to put your head and nose down and get back to work. We're not here to sugarcoat. We're not here to grill either. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. And Chris, I don't know, what's, what's your biggest takeaway from uh, the last, what's it been, three games now since we last talked?
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's been a disappointing homestand so far. They... they... Next play to close out that homestand on Wednesday—a Toronto team that is trying to find its way as well under the uh, heated uh, uh, microscope of of the uh, Maple Leafs and that uh, and that media up in Toronto as they are off to a two-three-and-one start. Hey, the Blackhawks would take that and run with it right now, but nevertheless, uh, Maple Leafs coming in on on Wednesday night and hopefully they can get on the board here. But you know, we saw some steps in the right direction from what had. Uh, been problematic for the Blackhawks uh, the first three or four games with with the previous two contests. You know they opened up on the road and things were definitely sloppy and disjointed defensively, especially in that opening three game road trip. We saw some steps in the right direction in the first two games uh, of this homestand, in which the Blackhawks nevertheless came up empty handed. But it was a step back. Last night, and I think that's the most disappointing thing for Jeremy Collison and company, Uh, you were seeing some encouraging signs to begin this homestand and then to take uh, such a step backwards last night. Uh, Look, the last thing we expected was this team to have what is tied for the third worst offense in the league and tied for the second worst goals against average. Uh, none of us expected that, especially with some of the moves that were made in the offseason. But you know what? Uh, this team is not going to go o eighty one and one At some point, this is going to break, and uh, we'll see how they can uh, hopefully build on whatever success they have when that comes. We just don't know when it is, and hopefully it's coming on Wednesday night. And I'm sure you were out at, at practice today, and it was kind of an interesting day at practice, from what I can understand.
1: It's honestly been... Uh couple of interesting days all lined up together. Uh, it's it's The sports fan in me is just very intrigued on the reaction from the players and the coach in these types of situations. Because when things look so bleak, obviously fans want answers. But I think more importantly, they they want to make sure that the team is feeling the same way the fans do. Uh, they they want to make sure they're as distraught about this rough start as they do. And, and I kind of feel like you sense that after the game last night. Now remember, no one came out of that dressing room till about 15, mm-hmm. 20, 25 minutes after the game. I mean, we had a shortened post-game last night, and we weren't able to get to all the sound because uh, they hadn't come out and talked to the media quickly enough. And, and not saying that's wrong, not saying that's right, it's just what happened because a team, ne- a team meeting was so necessary after that game because I think it's exactly what you brought up, Chris. There were some steps forward. In that New York Islanders game, in that Vancouver Canucks game, neither of those steps were good enough because obviously the Hawks still lost those two games. And Jeremy Colleton has been very transparent about last night being a step back, and this was supposed to be the extra step forward. We talk mm-hmm. about Toronto coming in in a couple of days that's, yeah, they're struggling right now, but... You know, Everyone was kind of presenting that idea with the last couple of opponents that the Blackhawks had. We talked so much about them being on the road and not getting that electric start of the home crowd because it had been home openers for all the other teams. Now the Hawks get that at the United Center, and they welcome in a New York Islanders team that's still searching for their first win. And the Hawks aren't able to win there. Vancouver comes in, another struggling team, having lost back-to-back games. They come away with a big goal in the early going in the second period, another one later in that period. And then the Red Wings, who hand Montreal its first win of the season and back-to-back travel days, are able to just muster together three quick goals in that second period and totally overmatch the Hawks in that middle 20 minutes. So it's, it's not like they're running out of excuses, but it's just all the things to look positively about after having some progress in the back it's it's not it's nothing linear it's nothing building up and and growing into a uh into a win really and uh like you said Toronto comes to town on Wednesday then the Blackhawks have their work cut out for them against Carolina and mm-hmm. St. Louis so uh it's uh you know th- there's not much you can do except for Try to use those positives that have happened a few days before and just continue that for 20, or excuse me, for 60 minutes instead of just 20. And I know that that's been a problem for the Hawks for the past couple of years, though, too.
0: Yeah. And, and, and let's face it here it's, 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 uh, it looks a whole lot worse when you're not scoring goals. It looks even worse when you have this kind of a start out of the gate. Let's say the Blackhawks, you know, started three and three or four and three before this kind of drought set in rather than have this right from the outset. And uh, obviously the panic button uh, in, in terms of how people are feeling about this team, at least on the outside looking in and, and through observation – um, is hit a whole lot harder when this is, this is the kind of record that you see out of the gate. Most teams are going to go through stretches where they may go 05 and 1 or something similar through the course of an 82 game season. Right. To have this right at the outset makes things a whole lot worse and just kind of adds to the, uh, the sense of urgency because you know what? You're looking at those standings and you already have St. Louis 4 and 0. You have Minnesota at 4 and 1. You have Dallas at 3 and 2. And those are your top three teams in the division right now. Not even speaking about Colorado which uh, finally got on track the other night in Tampa Bay. So, you know, the Avalanche are, are going to be there. And, you know, we, we talked before the season started about how important it was to get off to a good start. Well, that has not happened. And now we just get to see, you know, what what type of character uh, is in that room. I, I think there is character in that room, but you got to see it from a results standpoint. And hopefully that starts on Wednesday night.
1: And that's not a this is early Argument that's right. not that's not a statement in that way. It's, hey,
0: you get behind the eight ball real quick in this league. and the Blackhawks, you know, have done that over the course of the last few years. Early on,
1: it's totally magnified when you when you come out of the gate, like you said, in this style. And uh, I, I understand the frustration. I understand why it's there, but but you're absolutely right. It gets magnified a lot more when you start the year off with it. We're going to take your phone calls towards the second half of the show. We'll take your text as well. 312-981-7200. We're going to have Joey Zakszewski, the voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs, joining us after the next break. He's going to talk about some of those guys down there I'm sure you want to hear about, like Lucas Reichel, how's Alex Nylander doing down there, and some other things. But again, we'd love to hear from you. We do have a Boyke's prize pack to give away later on in the show. Again, 312-981-7200. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand, you're listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN.
3: Cody McLeod, big body, trying to shove it away from Michael Crudel. Crudel's not going to go away easily. Makes the outlet pass. Left side has his target. It's Reese Johnson, a drop pass. One-timer, they score! poor goes low blocker hand on Andrew Hammond and the Ice Hogs. Take a one-to-nothing lead. Great give-and-go. Crudel got it out of the zone. And then it was Poor and Reese Johnson playing catch the rest of the way.
1: You might recognize that voice. That's Joey Zakszewski. How about call. it, huh? What a call!
0: Black- and, and congratulations to Joe, you and John, as we welcome you in. If I steal that away from from Joe for a <laughs> Go second, for it. my Joe. But who's gotten a point in their in their play by play? Who's gotten the blown Blackhawks point during play by play time? It's it's you on the radio side and John on the television side. Congratulations. We need more of you, Joey.
3: <laughs> thank you very much and thank you guys for having me on. That was an absolute I'm still flying from that weekend uh and 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 you know working with everybody at WGN and everybody with the Blackhawks. I mean that was that was an outstanding weekend. So to to come right back in and and pick up where we left off with the ice hogs, it was awesome. So I thank you enough and yeah, that overtime game that Jack Hughes goal that was something else. Tell you what, I mean, I know we were you know quietly pulling for the Blackhawks in that one, but uh, that was an impressive goal for them to take that uh, game in New Jersey in overtime. So yeah, uh, it's an important standings point and, and hearing you guys in segment one, I mean, that's something to, to try and build off of and look back to and, and what's to come coming Wednesday with Toronto in town. So it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, again, if anyone uh, isn't quite sure, Joey filled in for John Wideman for the New Jersey game and the Pittsburgh game, did an absolute great job. What, what was the coolest thing about getting the call-up, Joey? I mean, was it was it the actual call-up? Was it something uh, about being at the arena? Was it, what, did you get steak on the plane? What, what was it? <laughs> not snakes you know on, he,
0: a <laughs> stakes on a plane, steaks on
1: a plane.
3: Not snakes on a plane, The okay. steaks on a plane. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I was that guy that you know, it's like when you go to the White House, you trying to collect all the collectible pins that are in every room or something like that. Like, I was that guy pocketing as many pins as I could. No, I wasn't that. But uh, no, what was really neat was to walk into the room and, and, you know, the team and the players and Jeremy and Sheldon, like so many Rockford-Eyton connections. So just to walk into that room again and, and, and they not really knowing. And then we all had masks on, but, you know, when I would drop a mask, just to say a quick hello and and you see the Mackenzie Entwistles and the Reese Johnson, and the Philip Kereshev, the Jeremy Colletons and, and Sheldon Brookbanks, all those Rockford connections coming up and, and saying hello. And then you got some of the NHL regulars that are just like, well, you know, who's, who's this guy that they're all saying hi to. <laughs> so uh, they'd come over and be like, Oh, and, and what do you, I'm like, Oh, it's the Ice Dogs. like, Oh, you're the guy. So, uh, no, that was that was wonderful, and that's pretty much how I was greeted right when I walked in uh, for that morning skate in, in New Jersey. And from that on, it was just a fantastic experience, absolutely wonderful.
0: Well, you and uh, you and Colin Fraser sounded uh, great in those uh, in those two particular games. Unfortunately, as you look at the, the Ice Hogs they're also a bit off to a, a bit of a rough start, one and three so far uh, in the early going here. But uh, uh, I'll lead you off the question about the player that I think uh, most Blackhawk fans are, are most interested in seeing. Granted, small sample size through four games, but Lucas Reichel in training camp, it appeared as though he showed he belongs here or is very capable of belonging here very soon. What have you seen from him so far? Even though I know, I know uh, you coming getting the call up to do those Blackhawks games cost you from seeing a, a couple of the ice hogs games a couple of weekends ago well you know what
3: Lucas is, is a great example of someone that just benefits from having the ice time you might not get as much ice time if you were in the National Hockey League so if you're the Blackhawks or you're a guy that you know you know he's going to be a playmaker he's gonna be a difference maker and and create opportunities out on the ice you know do you give him you know ease him into the NHL and try and speed him along quickly and he's only playing a limited a limited role or you give him opportunities in the American Hockey League with the Ice Hawks to play in different situations, play five-on-five, five, power, play penalty, wherever you want to slot him in. And I think that's where he's starting to really get a feel for the game. And, and for a lot of guys. I mean, Reichel's a prime example, too. He's you know on a nice three-game point streak coming into this coming week against Texas on Thursday and uh, and on Saturday, too. So he's a guy that's, that's just simply benefiting from experience. His first year over in North America, coming over from Germany. So he's, he's learning a lot about You know, playing in a a smaller ice surface, playing against bigger bodies, where the European game is a lot more playmaking and and a lot more time and space, where you don't get all that time and space. Game's a little bit a little bit more physical, a little bit more aggressive. So for him to benefit and, and get that ice time with the ice Hawks and see different opportunities and, and, and different scenarios under head coach Derek King has, has benefited him tremendously. And he he's done that so far with, with his point production, already four points. He grabbed the ice Hawks first power play goal the other night against the Iowa Wild. So he's getting all those scenarios so when that time comes, and that phone call rings, and, and Jeremy and, and the Blackhawks need him to fill a certain role, they'll already have some experience with that, and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for a guy like a Lucas Reichel or, or anyone else uh, that is on that Blackhawks radar that, uh, yeah, you would love to see him in a Blackhawks uniform right away, but they might not get the opportunities in the ice time necessary to be successful, so you put him them- and, and give them that chance in the American Hockey League. Let them get the experience, some confidence under their belt, and then they're off and running. And, and Lucas has been fantastic ever since.
1: Who's been another guy that's uh, made a pretty good step in your eyes? Because you've seen a handful of these guys for you know a couple of years now. Anyone that's taken a big stride?
3: Tell you what, and, it, and I've only seen him in limited action, but he scored a big goal against Iowa the other night and had a big two-goal performance last weekend against uh, Chicago on Saturday it was uh, Alex Nylander after sitting out and missing all last season due to that uh, knee injury of his and the sequence surgery for him to come back and sign that one-year extension to try and get back to uh, how he played in the 2019-20 campaign with the Blackhawks. I thought he's done really well. I mean, Three goals through four games has certainly showcased that, and then the highlight that you played actually at the top of the segment. Por, who the Blackhawks signed as a you know as an opportunity in the in the off season when he's coming over from the Czech Republic, he's a guy that much like a, a Lucas Reichel or much like other prospects coming in from overseas, you just got to give him the repetitions, you got to give him the reps and and the chances to succeed. And and those first couple of games kind of quiet, but then he comes out on the on Friday night in Iowa scores that first North American goal and you can see the elation in his celebration just you know that finally that aha that step forward in his progression and then he replicates that when you know picks up an assist that night and then the following evening against the Wild he scores again so he's a guy that's that's just simply benefiting from the experience and getting the ice time and and uh, so I think those two have really jumped out and then tell you what Arvid Soderblom and goal hmm. for the Ice Dogs here recently he made 40 saves uh, 2 weekends ago against Chicago and then he comes up with you know 47 saves the next the next outing that he would have against Iowa. He's seeing a lot of shots, which, you know, kind of goes the same way we've been just mentioning in terms of repetition. But, uh, I mean, this goaltender makes things look incredibly easy. So there's a nice, steady, calm presence out there. And, and for him to get those first opportunities and, and having to see so many shots and make so many saves is one thing, but, uh, he makes it look easy, so I think he's ready to continue his progression as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about him in, in particular because uh, Derek has a uh, has a difficult situation on his hands with the way you know uh, the goalie situation has played out here in uh, Stan Bowman being aggressive and going out and getting Mark andre Fleury. Uh, you knew Kevin Lankinen was going to have some role up here with the big club, but as a, a con- the consequences of that uh, carry over into Malcolm Subban and Colin Dealy, a couple of guys who have been hungry for a couple of years now to get their opportunity and unless Stan can find a deal for one of those guys uh, Derek finds himself in a little tough situation and, and hopefully Malcolm and, and Colin uh, as frustrated as they may be are uh, you know uh, understanding of, of how Derek has to kind of juggle this situation around in the blue paint
3: Certainly so, and, and they've had great you know repetitions with the goaltending staff. And Peter Aubrey, the go, go, you know, goaltending coach, has worked you know a lot with them and over the seasons really. And then even with Colin and his previous time with the Ice Dogs. But that's that's that is absolutely right. The, the task that Derek was uh, tasked with, and he was even asked about that last week. Of just how do you manage? How do you know? Especially so early in the season when you only get two games here or two games there, you know, two games at Iowa, two games coming up against Texas, and then two games the following weekend at home. Well, you got three goalies. You can only play one of them, you know, unless you try and get a real carousel going. But, uh, no, he said every one of them certainly understands. um, You know, Subban got that first game of the season a couple weekends ago in Grand Rapids. Would love another opportunity. Colin Delia played the last game this past Saturday out in Iowa. He'd love another opportunity. And you got Arvid Soderblom making – 40 plus saves in both of his appearances so far. So the rotation is very much there, and I know that he keeps that door open, and it's not so much the, you know, whoever's winning or whoever's earning, you know, the best starts is going to continue to get starts. He knows that, you know, these guys need ice time. These guys need playing time to get better and to continue to progress and not have one guy sitting out for several weekends in a row and then having the other two, you know, go one and two. So it, it is a tough task, certainly, and you want guys to get as much ice time as they can. But um, Derek King is, has certainly uh, made the most of it so far through four games.
1: Joey, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Have some fun in your home state of Texas, okay?
3: It'll be great. Thank you so much. And you know what? It's the first time the Ice Hogs have been down there, much like the Blackhawks, seeing so many opponents for the first time since the shortened 1920 mm-hmm. season. So Ice Hawks didn't play them last year. So, yeah, it's going to be a nice return home for, for me personally and selfishly. But uh, to see that team again uh, since February 2020 will be a nice change of pace as
1: well. Thanks, guys. Very cool. Well, safe travels and best of luck. It's Joey Zakszewski, the voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs. We've got Blackhawks live for another half hour, but let's head over to the WGN newsroom. Steve Ruxton standing by. Second half of Blackhawks live here on 720 WGN along with Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand as we talk all things Blackhawks and Right now, trying to figure out how this team's going to turn it around. They've got one more game to wrap up the season-opening homestand. They're hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday. After that, it's two on the road to Carolina and St. Louis, then back home to begin the month of November, Ottawa and Carolina again but right now the Hawks are just looking for their first lead of the season we've thrown out the number 312-981-7200 give us a text give us a call we can't get to everybody we will be giving away a Boyke's prize pack later on too and I just want to make this clear we want to hear your input we can't fire anybody we are not going to talk to you if you want us to fire somebody because we, Chris Bone, and I do not have that power. I don't have that power. Do you have that power, Chris? No,
0: no. At least no one's told me I do. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and you know, we can talk about how this team is better than its record. But after some point, you are what your record is, and and the Blackhawks have pretty much played. They, they they've earned this o five and one with with the way they have. Perform so far, it, it almost seems like um, you know. Once the regular season starts, everyone else has been able to find that switch to uh, every opponent that the Blackhawks have seen. And, and, and granted, you know they haven't been facing the you know, the 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 quality and the caliber of of you know uh, Colorado. You know even Tampa Bay is struggling right now, but they have the excuse of two consecutive long Stanley Cup runs, mm-hmm. but. Oh, 05 and 1, the Blackhawks are who they are. They've certainly earned this record as disappointed as we are to say that because, uh, you know, so many things have been going wrong. And, you know, they can't, I don't think any of these guys are whistling in the dark. They're, they're going to try and do everything they can. And, you know, all, all I can do is, from a, from a critique standpoint is, is talk about, uh, uh, you know, share what some of those others who have played the game are, are sharing with the audience. You know, even Andrew Shaw on TV, you know, uh, he hasn't been holding back uh, his last couple of games in which he talks about effort, intensity, and you know that's something that he always had out there. And, you know, if there's one criticism that he has had of this team right now, it's that extra gear. That has been seemed to be missing here throughout this oh five and one start. And if Andrew Shaw's going to go out and say that, I'm not one to argue him because he laced him up, he put on that sweater, and you know he has certainly paid the price throughout his playing career, which unfortunately is now over. For so for him to go out and and be that pointed in some of his criticism uh, after having played with so many of these guys, he's not shy to put that out there. So who am I to disagree? And uh, you know, I, I think from uh, you know, a critical standpoint, um, you know, I, I, I never played the game, I, not, not, you know, even at uh, uh, the lowest levels at all. So uh, I'm hardly an expert, only through observation. But if you're going to listen to somebody who's won a couple of Stanley Cups, who uh, certainly has um, the scars uh, of, of playing in the NHL, for him to say those things, I think, needs to be heard. And, and through some observation, uh, I think it's it's fairly legit that there still is an extra gear that this team has to find, and um, you know uh, until they do that, they, they can talk to their blue in the face about going and getting greasy goals and going to the net and playing hard. But until they go out and do that for sixty minutes, uh, it uh, it's important to listen to guy, get to what uh, guys like Andrew Shaw have to say here.
1: Mark in Livingston thinks that the Hawks might be a little bit too youthful. Why do you think that, Mark?
2: I uh, just want to say that um, i I you know it's either with the black or, or the, all the sports teams in Chicago. Either you get too old or too young. And this, I'm just wondering. I don't want to fire the guy. I like the guy. It just maybe they need change. Maybe maybe a second coach on the bench or something like that. But um, I'm Blackhawk Legacy, and I you know my, my uncle played for the uh, Blackhawks in the '30s, '40s, Jamie Marucci, and um, oh, wow. right now they're. This is a down time for the franchise, and I, you know, I think maybe, maybe getting a second coach on the bench or something. I don't want to fire the guy. I like the guy, but you know they have to start making changes. They made great changes in the, um, in the um, off season. They. Um, well,
1: yeah. Th- th- honestly, Mark, that's kind of why I brought it up because it, they made the changes they made this past off season were to get more veteran types onto the roster, to get more of an an
2: experienced crew. But well, I'm, I'm talking about coaching the coaching staff. Okay, right now, maybe changing a co- uh, coaching staff. And I, I don't want to have anybody fired, but um, they have to start looking around. Maybe getting a second call. Who know? Who knows? Right? I I love this team and. Um, You have a great show. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, Okay. Duly noted. um, I I, I like the approach of, okay, the only thing that needs to be changed right now is who is coaching the team. Uh, Again, like, I know that, that... comment, that thought, that idea is thrown around so much right now, we're just we're not going to entertain it for a conversation's sake right now, because that doesn't do any any good for the next 18 minutes, where we, uh, we're taking the show to the top of the hour. Right now, the Blackhawks have done some things right in a couple of uh, home games against the New York Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks. It wasn't enough. So now they're working on taking those positive things and expanding on them and making it a little bit more consistent. But one thing that that has really just hurt the Hawks this year is the surplus of goals that they've coughed up in a short amount of time. It happened especially in the Pittsburgh game where they coughed up four goals in the first 11 minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, And most recently, it happened last night against the Detroit Red Wings. They coughed up five goals, and I don't have it on me, I think around eight minutes. I'm sorry, Three goals hmm. in around five minutes, I'm pretty sure is what the statistic was. So that continues to happen. The Hawks will maybe tie the game, maybe be down by a goal, but once they cough up another goal to find themselves in a hole or find themselves in a two goal hole. It's just so hard for them to climb themselves out of it. And Jonathan Taves actually talked about having difficulties switching around
2: that momentum. Little things, whether it's calls or, or, you know, offensive breaks or even goals against, uh, that kind of, you know, you get that sinking feeling in your stomach and your confidence gets chipped away at a little bit. We just have to be a little bit mentally tougher and, and, uh, not get phased at. at, I mean, it's just part of the game. You're not going to control every aspect of the game. There's a lot of unpredictability out there. So we got to make a decision as a group to, to be um, just collectively stronger.
1: So anytime a player, a coach, a, a hockey expert, anytime anyone says the Blackhawks aren't getting the bounces during this recent skid, that's not an excuse of that's why the Blackhawks have lost. They've, they've struggled in some aspects, but they also haven't gotten much luck either. There's been sequences where they've done the right things, and they've come into a, a goaltender that's really in his groove at the moment, or just a bounce that hasn't gone their way. It's always been said that good teams and great teams create their own luck, but it doesn't help when you're struggling, and then you also don't get that luck too. I know some of them go hand-in-hand, hand, but it's just kind of a, a continuous downward motion right now that the, the Blackhawks need to turn around and... Because it's so downhill, that that whole aspect—the moment it turns—you got to feel like it's going to be like a waterfall, and then everything will start to turn.
0: Yeah, and let's let's face it. This Jonathan alludes to it. This this team, as as a result of what has happened so far this season, is a very fragile. Fragile team mentally right now because anything that can go wrong has gone wrong for this team. And, you know, you can add all the veterans that you want and the McCabe's and the Joneses, and the Tyler Johnson's, who by the Tyler Johnson had a, a real impressive goal last night. And you think that that's what that one's going to be a potential yeah. momentum changer. And all of a sudden, you know, all it takes is, is that one break or that one sequence of five minutes, like you said. Uh, where the game gets absolutely behind you, and as a result, the the old snowball is is rolling down on this team. Um, you can add all the veterans that you want, and you know as much as people want to say, you, you got to do something in order to jolt this team. Uh, wh- whether it is a coaching change or you know uh, you, you you make some kind of deal, although I don't think there are any real deals to be made at this point of the season. It's up to those guys to go out there and, and figure it out, no matter what the coaching style is no matter what the philosophy is seth jones should not be minus nine alex tobrink should not be minus nine you know murphy and dahan should not be minus seven they are better than that but this whole um collective um negativity of once one thing goes wrong two and three will follow they have to find a way to to you know uh to stop that and, and when you're in this kind of funk that the team is in right now it eventually will break you don't know when But uh, you have to hope that it it breaks pretty soon here, starting on Wednesday night.
1: Call in now, 312-981-7200. We've got a Boyke's prize pack to give it away. Uh, Call in now before we give it to Troy Murray, because he says he really wants it, and we we don't want to give it to him, but we (laughs) might have to. So give us a call, 312-981-7200. We're taking you to the top of the hour. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN.
2: Just get back to work, uh, focus on the details each other off the ice and on the ice we're going through a tough time as a group right now so it doesn't help if you get negative about it and start pointing fingers but i think uh, i think we're going to turn this thing around here and get going today was a good step and we just got to keep looking at it day by day and not focus on the big picture
1: kirby doc talking about some of the things that went wrong last night, some of the things that went well this morning for practice. Final segment of Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. We've still got a Boyke's prize pack to give away. Get yourself some fantastic Bill Tong, a new hat.
0: Troy's bidding for it, though. <laughs> Troy is,
1: yeah, yeah. Troy's the, the heavy favorite right now. So if you want to beat Blackhawk Great in the original number nineteen, Troy Murray, give us a call three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred.
0: Hey, and if we want to talk about bright spots, um, yeah, how how about the scene at morning skate the other day? Uh, I was yes, uh, maybe jealous I wasn't there when uh, when Troy did uh, show up for the morning skate, but. Uh, Good on the guys to, uh, make note of it, take note of it, and, uh, give Troy some stick taps, some ray sticks as well. Uh, outstanding on, on the boys to do that, and, uh, for some uh, attention very much uh, well deserved for uh, our compadre
1: Troy Murray. It was very cool. It was very cool and uh, every player that talked after Morning Skate too talked about it too, what kind of impact it made. It was awesome hearing Brandon Hagel say, you know, I really don't know Troy that well, but all these guys do so well and all they do is talk so highly about him. So He's was... heard stories though. Yes. Oh stories. yes. Oh, there's there's plenty of stories of Troy Murray. Some we'll say on the air, some we won't. Uh, but again, giving away a Boyke's prize pack. three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Go to Boyke Dot com. That's B-O-I-K-E-Y-S. If you use the promo code WGN, you'll get 10% off your first order. But again, you could win some Biltong on your own. It's the healthy alternative to beef jerky. And uh, pick up a new Boyke's hat as well.
0: And Joe, yeah, Joe inspiring that with the videos that he makes in order to plug the show. I saw, saw the one today with the Boyke's hat. And unfortunately, I'm still at WGN TV for the third consecutive week, so I don't get the brand stash in person. So... Hopefully next Tuesday. There's a game against Ottawa Monday night. So our show next week is on, on Tuesday. So uh, hopefully I'll be in studio as, as Champ kind said to Ron Burgundy, like he, he said, I miss your musk. Ron, uh,
1: I miss your mustache,
0: Joe. So I'm going to have to see that. In person. You're Here. talking
1: it up too much. Um, it's, if, if you do come and see it, it's it's not going to be all that great. Uh, let's uh, well, let's give a moment for. Uh, oh, there we go. Let's go to Gary and Dyer, who uh, he thinks he knows what the Hawks need. What do the Hawks need, Gary?
4: I'm I'm a longtime uh, Chicago Blackhawks fan and follower, and uh, it hurts me more than anything to see these guys play like that. But I I think uh, there's a lot of unnecessary blame on the coach. I think each player, if you look at each one of them, uh, starting from the goaltending, I mean, we know uh, uh, Flurry is a Hall of Famer and he's a great goalie, but uh, he hasn't played up to par. Um, you know, Seth Jones, Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, you can go right down the list. I think if all of them picked up their game 10 to 15 percent, they'd be right where they need to be.
1: So, is that what they need? They need everyone to pick up 10 15 percent? Absolutely.
4: You know, I, I don't think you can blame it on one person. Um, I think they all just have to just, like you had said earlier on the show, find that other gear mm-hmm. and uh, pick it up a bit, pick up their intensity like they showed in last night's game in the third period. They actually, you know, uh, showed a little bit more intensity and a little bit of, uh, you know, more hustle and determination. They need to do that for the whole game.
1: Gary, we appreciate you calling in and the valid points. Okay, we're going to send you home with a Boyke's prize pack.
4: I appreciate it. Enjoy your show.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for sir. calling in. Again, if you want to call in, 312-981-7200. We've got a few more minutes here on Blackhawks Live. And yeah, Chris, honestly, what Gary just said is what a lot of these players have been saying, too. Calvin DeHaan mentioned it. Seth Jones mentioned it. Um, and Anytime a question gets directed towards uh, the coaching and Jeremy Colleton's presence on this team right now, the players are the first ones to point out saying, well, Jeremy's not on the ice right now. It's us that's on the ice. And, you know, I think Gary does bring up a good point. You pull out a Kirby Doc who's probably been the best Blackhawk for... Most, if not all, these games. Alex Dabrinkit is off to a great start, too, but there is a lot of improvement left for a bunch of these guys, and I understand that chemistry and learning about your teammates is something to do with that right now, because there are a lot of new faces on this Blackhawks team, but I think the one thing that's hard for Hawks fans to swallow is the the good things that were going on in the preseason. And it wasn't just all talk. We saw some of it on the ice. You just almost didn't see like you were going to get those growing pains. But that definitely has been a factor. It's at least been a factor in these first six games.
0: Accountability. You can talk uh, until you're blue in the face. Uh, player Players can talk about it all they want. But uh, I, I would hope uh, some of the leaders uh, in that room uh, are, are stepping up in terms of accountability, both both in their own play, but with every single player that that's in their room, in that room, because I don't think anyone could proudly stand up and say uh, any member of that uh, that Blackhawks team right now is that they they are off to a good start or a satisfying start. I think every one of those guys knows they they can be better. They have performed better uh, previously in their careers, even dating back to just just last season when he had a you know a, a young, hungry, scrappy group. who uh, who put that effort in and somehow remained competitive in the playoff race uh, down to the last week or 10 days or so Uh, you know as much as you want to talk about accountability you have to bring that out on the ice and hopefully that perhaps was some of what was discussed when it took so long for the players to come out after last night's game to speak with the media
1: one last text from the 773 bring up Lucas Reichel from Rockford I don't know 773 Uh, we just heard from Joey about how he's learning so well down there and you kind of want somebody to thrive and flourish at a lower level before bringing him up to the NHL. Thanks so much for everyone who chimed in with their text and their calls. Uh, we appreciate Joey Zakshesky taking some time for us as well. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. Once again, Blackhawks Live next week will be pushed to Tuesday because the Hawks will be at home against Ottawa on Monday night. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Blackhawks Live. Uh, Steve Ruxton is standing by in news. After that, it'll be John Landecker here on 720 WGN.